these guys are sports lunatics. This is the Sports Lunatics Show. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Lunatics Bonus Show. Hi, I'm Sean Levine from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm Howie Mooney in Barrie, Ontario. And you are watching or listening to the Sports Lunatics. Don't forget, check out thesportslunatics.com. And we'll have more exciting news about Howie's new book, More Crazy Days and Wild Nights. You look at social media, Howie, and there are certain things that you go, oh my God, I can't believe it's been that long, but it's been that long. And I just read the other day that the 30-year anniversary of Joe Carter's historic home run at the Sky Dome at the time takes place this year, October 23rd. So I thought, what a better way to discuss the home run, and we'll do the bonus show just on memories of that night, that historic event, what it meant for our country, the country of Canada, where we both are, and maybe debate, you know, what is the greatest home run in history? Depending on who you talk to, there's a lot of great opinions about it. So number one, where were you on October 23rd, 1993? I had moved in with uh, a girl and I got home. I worked, I was a timekeeper uh, at the arena that I played hockey at. And I'd, I'd uh, do that a couple of nights a week. And I got home and I got home in time, sitting there on the floor in the dark with the TV on, then Joe Carter hit the home run off Mitch Williams. And, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 the rest, as they say, is history. It was the, uh, the Jays' second win in a row. And uh, we can talk about them uh, all, night, all night about how they were the most, the most expensive team that the Blue Jays, or they were, they were the highest paid team in the league at the time, in Major League Baseball, at $44 million, if you can believe that. But what can you say about that team? Whamco, Devon White, Robbie Alomar, uh, Paul Molitor, Joe Carter and John Olerud, Whamco, and uh, you know that those five guys. Uh, I mean, that's what everybody called them, Whamco. It was, it, you know, they, they could all hit. They could all hit so well. John Olerud, that sweet, sweet swing. Uh, you know, Robbie Alomar with his pugnaciousness, his pugnacity, I guess is the word. Devon White, one of the smoothest center fielders you'll ever see. But uh, yeah, it all led to that that day, October twenty third, nineteen ninety three, when the when Joe Carter hit that home run, the second walk-off home run in World Series history. Do you remember the first? Bill Mazeroski, his there anniversary was just happened yes. as well. Uh, game seven against the New York Yankees uh, in the 1960 World yes. Series. Yeah, and that's the beauty of this time of year. We can reflect on these great, great moments in baseball history, World Series history. Uh, and I don't know if it are. strikes you at all, Shawnee, but uh, the fact that Mazeroski's game series winning home run ended the series and it's already passed and here we are you know middle of october as we record this and we're not even at the world series yet we're still in the playoffs well it's the evolution of baseball everything changes we just talked about it you know a couple of weeks ago and we actually have to make a correction because we talked about night baseball in the world series yes and we and we said it was 1972 well i did i i made that mistake i I thought 1971 yeah but it, it 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 was awesome to see the video of Kurt Gowdy, you know, doing the intro, but it was like, you could tell he was annoyed. 
Like, <laughs> it might have been past his bedtime. I don't know. Because he, he was sort of going on like, yeah, you're looking at night baseball for the first time. And I think it was 387 games he mentioned. And and he's like, yeah, it was really weird sitting around the <laughs> hotel lobby. I'm thinking, well, yeah, it'd be past your bedtime because usually the games would be done by by now. So I love Kurt Gowdy. I always loved Kurt Gowdy. I love listening to Kurt Gowdy and Tony Kubek on the NBC Game of the Week every Saturday afternoon. I mean, though, you're bringing back my childhood now. Well, and speaking of childhood, you know, that game produced one of the most epic calls. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Tom Cheek, who is no longer with us, uh, sadly passed away just a few years after that call. And it was funny because I started working for that radio station the year later, following summer. That was my first broadcasting uh, job in Toronto. I was working at the Fan 590. And the Blue Jays were everything for that radio station and the Maple Leafs in the, in the wintertime. This is what people don't understand. You go to cottage country and you would hear the sounds of Tom Cheek and Jerry Howard everywhere. Yep. The radio would be on in the summertime to Tom and Jerry's voice. And that wasn't just in Ontario. That was across the country. Yeah. Because that team was so good. We were so lucky to have back-to-back World Series champions, such great teams. You know, I I had the pleasure, Jerry – Howard did one of the most gracious things ever in my life after my car accident and sent a a get well message to me. And then fortunately years passed and I got to work at that radio station. I got to meet Jerry and thank him personally and, and just, you know, really jumpstarted my broadcasting career. He was just so gracious to me. I will never forget that. And Jerry's had his own health issues, and but he's doing well. He's doing better now, but was the longtime voice of the Blue Jays. Tom Cheek was an institution for Blue Jay fans. So that Joe Carter home run was really such a cool moment. You know, and a lot of people forget that Vin Scully had the radio call as well for the national broadcast of that game. This crowd has hollered itself weak. Henderson at second, Molitor at first, one out of the ninth, 6-5 Philadelphia. Stottlemyre and Castillo throwing in case of extra innings. Fastball is hit to left field, down the line, in the corner, home run! Joe Carter, who took the 2-0 pitch for a strike right down the middle, hits the 2-1 pitch over the left field wall. And the Toronto Blue Jays come back with three in the bottom of ninth inning to become the world's champions yet again. The final score, Toronto 8, Philadelphia 6. Which was typical Ben. He, he'd give the call and then he'd just let the crowd dictate the rest of the story yeah. for another minute. You know, those, those great moments. Sean McDonough had the CBS call. 
stuff that you just think that you go, this is my time capsule, and it's never going to go away. Now the 2-2. Well hit down the left field line. Way back and gone! Joe Carter with a three-run homer. The winners and still world champions, the Toronto Blue Jays. You're absolutely right. And and it you just made me think of the Nick Taylor Canadian Open win where you had, uh, you know, the, the call on TV and then you had uh, Mark Zucchino's call on uh, radio and the radio call, not, nothing against the guys working in television, but the radio calls, they all seem to be more lively and have more life to them than, than the TV calls. And I, I don't know what that reason is. Zucchino's call on that long putt by Nick Taylor was just spectacular. Swing of the putter. Comes up with some speed, now up the rise. For the Eagle, for the win, to the cup, take it! Yes! And Tom Cheek, I mean, his touch them all, Joe, that's iconic, especially here in, in Toronto and in Canada. Everybody, that that's all we know, basically. Everybody forgets about Vince Scully and, and McDonough's call. But uh, well, I think t- well, on the national broadcast, you try to be 50-50, right? Of course. You're, no, you're of calling course. the game. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, Tom Cheek is the Blue Jay announcer. Zucchino going to the golf, Canadian, good friend of mine. Yeah, and I uh, got to work with Mark for many years, and is doing a fantastic job with PGA Tour Radio, and that was a huge moment for Canadian golf. That was like one of the biggest moments, aside from Mike Weir and Brooke Henderson. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to put that victory up on that pedestal of of great moments in Canadian golf history, uh, because of the drought and the fact of just how it happened. Yeah, seventy uh, two foot bomb. <laughs> uh, in the center of the hole, and Zakino was there calling it. It was a it was a dream come true for him. I know that. Oh uh, sure, that Blue Jay team. We forget just the bit players too. Play. A lot of people too. They forget that Ricky Henderson played on that team. Ricky Henderson. Well, he actually started the rally. There um, you go in that inning. Yeah, you know uh, they brought in Paul Molitor. They 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 had Dave Winfield the year before. Yeah, he left. They bring in Paul Molitor, who's a a Hall of Fame player. But Dwayne Ward was the closer, having taken over from Tom Hankey. Uh, And, uh, you know, you you think back to those those two guys, and you you realize how lights out those guys were. If the Jays were up after seven, it was over. So going to that ninth inning, the Jays were actually losing in that game. They had the lead, and then they lost the lead. And then, of course, the Phillies bring in their closer, Mitch Williams, who I, I... had the fortune and pleasure of meeting. And of course, being on a Toronto radio station, everybody brings it up and he's aware of it. Yeah. He made a mistake. That's what he always has said in all his interviews. I made one mistake and it cost me. And uh, he goes, I I got to play in a world series and I lost. It's not one of those, uh, you know, I'll go back to the old California angels uh, closer, Donnie Moore, who gave up that, Oh yeah, run to, to Dave Henderson, and it cost the Angels a chance to go to the World Series, and he never recovered. To left field and deep and down he goes back, and it's gone. 
You're looking at one for the ages here. That's second only to Fisk in the minds of everybody in New England. Oh, just astonishing. You know, you've had heard of other pitchers who have given up a, a key home run or a, a moment in their career, and it's devastated them. You know, Mitch Williams, it was like, Joe got me. But it was a fun series. It was a great series. The Phillies were really good. Yes, People they were. Forget the, the players on that team. Yeah, John Cruck, Darren Dalton, Lenny Dykstra, Kurt Schilling, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, they had Dale Murphy the year before. And, and Murphy stood out like a sore thumb because all these other guys are kind of scruffy looking guys. And then Dale Murphy's all clean cut and everything. And uh, I, I, there was a line that I saw where <laughs> John Cruck described the team as 24 morons and a Mormon. You know, and that's I'm, I'm reading that here out of Wikipedia. The manager for the Phillies, Jim Fergozzi, uh, he was ended up being the Jays manager. Yeah. You know, later on, uh, a few years later, yeah, yeah, there were so many connections, uh, you know, but it was a great. Se- Don't forget, there was that wild 15 14 game, it's still, oh, yeah, it's still the highest scoring game in World Series history. That was nuts. It, it was like and Nick slow pitch, it, it was crazy. You know, Jace had no business winning that game, but they came back and they did. They finally won. Tony Fernandez was a on yes. that. 93 team too. Uh, yeah. the late great Tony Fernandez, who was a Blue Jays great. And uh, it was such a fun time living in the city of Toronto at that time. It was bedlam. It I'm was sure Jays it was. 24-7. It was yeah. insane. I was a big Expos fan, and I, I, I still staunchly wear my, my, my Andre Dawson jersey to Jays games. But... I remember somebody called up. I had a we had a trivia show at that time, and somebody called up and they and they said, "How come you hate the Blue Jays?" And I said, "I don't hate the Blue Jays, but I think that with the lineup they have, with the team they have, the payroll they have, they should win every game." It's like they that was the feeling, you know. And and they they pretty much they won a lot of games. You think about Joe Carter and the legacy that 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 home run has given him. He still comes back to Toronto every year for his golf tournament. You know, he still puts that on. It's still one of those events in Toronto that if you're somebody, you're there. You're at that tournament. It is a wonderful memory, but I can't like you said, I can't believe it's 30 years now. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, it's 30 years already. I thought we just celebrated 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels that way. I don't know if it was the greatest moment in Toronto sports history, it certainly is one of the greatest moments in Toronto sports history. You know, there's always been the great debate, Howie, about was that actually the greatest home run in Jay's history? Because if it wasn't oh, for Robbie Alomar hitting the home I, run, I was going to say, yes, that Robbie Alomar home run, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it certainly wasn't expected. And when it happened, it was like, oh, oh my God. Well, Dennis Eckersley was the best reliever in baseball. Yeah. At the time, and people remember him giving up Kirk Gibson's home run. Yes. Uh, but it, that was the same feeling, right? Like, it was like, he's here to shut them down. Yeah. And it was a shock. They were on the road. They were in Oakland. It just felt like Eckersley was going to close it out, and the Jays were going to fall behind in the series. And it changed everything in that series. If Jack Buck would have been there, he would have said, I don't believe what I just saw. Maybe not. Well, we didn't believe what we just saw as fans because we thought there was no hope left 
No, it's and you're right. Robbie Alomar gave us that hope, and then they go yep. on and they win the series. I was trying to think, okay, so we've talked about the importance of that home run, but in Major League Baseball, that's the funny thing, right? Because we've only had two walk-off home runs in the history of Major League Baseball in a World Series to end it. Mazeroski, Carter. I think Mazeroski's still the greatest. Mark Dittbar throws. Here's a swing and a high five. Just because that vaunted Yankees dynasty, you know, they had so many good teams. Well, then Bobby Thompson's 1951 home run, too, to give the Giants the pennant. That's a pretty big one, too. And that call, that call is just, that that radio call is just spectacular. Back of throws. There's a long time. I gotta be, I believe. The Giants won the pennant. 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 You know, a lot of people actually on our Facebook group page, when I posted about the Mazeroski, I said, is this the greatest? People go back to 32 of Babe calling a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is technically there is footage, we think. That has been disputed as well, whether or not that was actually the true footage of him calling a shot or not. But that has been brought up many times in conversation that Babe Ruth's 32 home run might be the greatest home run ever. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of discussion about whether he actually did. You're right. Uh, there are people who say he absolutely called it. There are other people who say he was just pointing at something and, uh, you know, that, that whatever. Uh I, I wasn't there. <laughs> well, I will line... say, getting back to Joe Carter, that home run, and those Jays teams in 92 and 93, you know, we've, we've seen a big growth in baseball now. We've, we talk about it a lot. We talk about how baseball has grown. You know, we, have, we were blessed to have Larry Walker, Hall of Famer, uh, last couple of years. But baseball in Canada exploded after that Jays World Series run, because we all had dreams of being Joe Carter. That, Like I say, that whole team, that whole team was amazing. Joe Carter, you're right. But, I mean, the Expos, you know, a decade earlier uh, were, were quite something as well. And I, I look back at that, that, that team, and I don't want to go off on a tangent again because that's what we do. But, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. The, the Blue Jays, you could, they said it about the Expos in 81. You could say it about the Blue Jays in 92 and 93. You could fire a cannon down down any street in Canada and you wouldn't hit anybody because everybody was inside watching the games on TV. Carter hits the home run in 93. 94 was the Expos. Yeah. Yes. Like we got robbed. We, oh. we go on about it. We're, we're two cranky old men that, that we got robbed about. We could have had a Canadian World Series not the Jays in it, but I mean the Expos had a legitimate chance of winning the World Series in '94. They did. Uh, there are people who say Cleveland had the opportunity that year too. The Yankees may have had that opportunity as well. No, they did. They wouldn't have stood <laughs> a chance. Sorry. Atlanta was the team that had won. Uh, you know how many pennants in a row? 
uh, and the 94 one, they were, fin- they were in second place to the Expos. The Expos had the best record in baseball when, when baseball stopped. And, uh, well, I remember one of the last series the Expos played in the 94 season was against the Braves. And I think, I don't know if they swept them because everybody was going on about this is the team. This yeah. is the team to look out for. Yeah. And there was just a couple of weeks later, we had the work stoppage and then the rest is history or the strike and the rest yeah, is history. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I mean, I'm, yeah. 81 was similar, but they, it was the middle of the season. Then they they got it solved, and then there was they did two halves of a season, and that's how the Expos got into the playoffs and on to Blue Monday. But, yeah. You did it again. You brought up Blue Monday. Anyways, yeah. but what a great moment. It was an awesome moment. Uh, I will never forget where I was. I was actually at my ex-brother-in-law's place. They were huge Jays fans. Their season ticket holders to this day. And uh, we were watching their place and just we were all jumping up, screaming, hugging. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it was bedlam. It was so much fun. It's a moment in Canadian sports history, baseball history uh, that we'll never forget. Joe Carter hits the walk-off home run, Game 6, 1993 World Series, special moment. Howie, before we go, let's talk about your new book, more crazy days and wild nights and some of the stories you've already told us in previous episodes of the sports lunatic have been phenomenal and uh looking forward uh to seeing and reading more but uh tell us more about the book well the book is full of little stories that are that are just kind of some of them will shock you some of them will surprise you some of them will move you some of them will make you laugh chapter one is about a guy named Frank Beaton. He was a he was a pugilist. His uh, nickname was Seldom Frank Seldom Beaton. He had a temper on him. He also had a prized Corvette, and he played in the WHA. Uh, and when he played in Cincinnati with the Stingers, he went to get some gas, and a gas station attendant got gas on his on the outside of his prized Corvette, and 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 Frank lost it. He went at the attendant. The attendant raised a uh, tire iron. And that was his first mistake because Frank Beaton just got him with a, with a, a, a knuckles to the jaw, knocked him out. He fled when the tie, when the gas station attendant woke up, he called the police and pressed charges. And that's where the story starts because the next year he's playing for Birmingham. Birmingham comes to Cincinnati. The cops are there trying to get him. He sees the cops gets on his hands and knees with 10 minutes left in the game, crawls behind the bench, crawls into the dressing room. They put him in a hockey bag. They throw the hockey bag on the truck. The truck goes outside the city limits. The bus meets him. They get Frank beaten and they, and they get out of there and, and, and he, he, he eludes police. So the next year when he's playing for Birmingham, the Cincinnati cops are not fooling around. They got six guys around him. So Frank's thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He goes off the ice with the Cincinnati stingers and Jacques Demers is the coach of the Stingers. Remember, Frank's playing for Birmingham, and he's a fighter. And Jacques Demers is the coach of the Stingers. He says, I thought he was coming after one of our players. But no, then he goes into the stick room and, and into the corner and hides. And eventually the cops found him in there. You know, He was doing his best impression of a, a stack of Sherwood PMPs. Uh, you know, The cops got him. They put him in jail for five days. Glenn Sonmore was the Birmingham coach. Rick Dudley was the captain of the Stingers, and, and he went and visited his, his former teammate, brought him food. His, his, his cellmates would iron his clothes for him. <laughs> it was kind of a strange scene, but that's, that's chapter one of this, of the book. And, and uh, you know, eventually Jacques Demers came over and bailed him out, but uh, yeah, that's chapter one. And it's full of stories, little stories like that stories that, that you won't hear anywhere else. You'll find them in this book, but 
you know, you'll have to go back into old newspapers to find to, to read these stories if you don't read them in the book. If that's chapter one, I can't wait to read the rest of More Crazy Days and Wild Nights available on Amazon. You can find the link on the sportslunatics.com website. It's right there for you, a direct link right to the book. And of course, Howie, this is your second book, the follow-up to More Crazy Days and Wild Nights, uh, which is another collection of wonderful, wonderful stories. Great stocking stuffers for your family at Christmas time. With the new book coming out, it's kind of revived sales of the of the first book. So, you know, right now, I think the, the first book is on at a really good price. So, you know, you can get both of them uh, for less than $40. Howie, that's the perfect way to end this edition of the Sports Lunatics bonus show. I'm Sean Levine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And I'm Howie Mooney here in Barrie, Ontario. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube like the video, subscribe to the channel, Sports Lunatics. Have a great sports day.